0: All right, so welcome to my first pilot episode of uh, my new podcast, or at least that I'm gonna try uh, my new podcast, um, which is I Just Interview My Friends. (laughs) So if you haven't been able to figure out by the the title, this podcast is about me just interviewing my friends. Uh, And in the midst of the quarantine, I just really felt like it was a way for me to intentionally reach out to people because I kind of have felt like many of people out there not wanting to do so and then for you guys as well if you know my friends then maybe you'll know them a little better uh from listening to this podcast so uh my first guest is my long running co-podcast host we had a podcast for what three years uh was it three i want to say two two and a half maybe two and yeah. a half years we had a podcast called not a doctor or oh, you, you, you usually did it first, right? <laughs> Sorry, I messed it up. No, no, no. Uh, I think you always said not a doctor. I always I said not a lawyer. Because okay. your parents wanted you to be a doctor and my parents, or I wanted to be a lawyer. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of the thing. This is Philip Hyun. Um, if you go to our church, uh, All Nations Community Church, I'm pretty sure you know Philip because uh, he is known to be very extroverted and uh, his voice carries uh, through <laughs> very well. I, I don't know. I,
1: I uh don't like that uh that's the connotation that I have. <laughs> I believe
0: your voice, I believe your wife's voice, yes. I believe. Okay, that is true. Much. But yours is definitely up you're like a uh, top ten player. You're fair yeah, you're fair top ten player in there. Um I'm like not LeBron, but I might be like uh Jokic.
1: Jokic. Jokic. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm thinking more like a,
0: Jamal Murray showing up
1: in the fourth no I I was thinking more like uh, Joel Embiid or something he's up there but uh, he just doesn't show up you know when it matters when it matters uh, people like Hannah and Lynn are up there
0: they're like LeBron and Giannis alright Russell Westbrook (laughs) sure Um, yeah Okay, so for the people who are, who have no idea what we're talking about, uh, Phil, why don't you just share like a brief, what what is your, what is your job interview, tell me about yourself, spiel? Um, I think that might be very different, because they just
1: asked me to go through my resume. <laughs> oh yeah, that's but, true. Uh,
0: what's your, what's your like, what's your like, uh, you meet somebody at like a, uh, like a mixer, and they're like, tell me about yourself. There are no mixers right Uh, now, so you don't remember. Sure. Uh,
1: I mean, yeah, I think like going back to like when I was in college and I had to introduce myself when I was in like KCM, um, I'll tell them like, hey, yeah, like my name is Philip. I came from, I mean, I was born in Korea, uh, but grew up in Glendale pretty much all my life. Uh, Went to high school there, came to Irvine for college. um, And what else would I share? Um, I mean, I'm Christian. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could be more in the, I, I love playing basketball. Mm -hmm. I love watching basketball. Uh, sports is a big part of my life. I think I enjoy sports in a lot of different aspects because as Jason knows, uh, I think winning, um, like beating people or like competing (laughs) is something that I take joy in. I think, Mm -hmm. um, even though I'm not the best at some of these things. Uh, I think the aspect of like there being a clear winner and a clear loser is just like something that really draws to me, um, and I think sports is a good way for me to get uh, that out of my system. Um, and so yeah, I mean I, I'm like
0: hugely into sports. Uh, when also, when you say when when did that start? When I like like sports. Yeah.
1: You know, like, it's funny because I think I always like to win. Like, I always competing. Uh-huh. Um, like
0: competing. Uh huh. Because I know, like,
1: yeah, when I was a kid, like, I would compete even in, like, mat- solving math problems with my friends. Like, who finished faster? Uh-huh. Like, it's really stupid. But to me, for some reason, like, I took pride in that. And I really liked that I was better at math than some of the people around me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually hated sports until probably, like,
0: sixth grade when, like, it was oh. the World uh-huh. Yeah. That's pretty late because most like kids, if they're into sports, you start to see that like already like third, fourth grade.
1: Yeah, um, I just, I, yeah, I didn't go out a lot. I played a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't actually like sports until like sixth grade um, when there was like the World Cup, uh, when Korea went like really far in mm-hmm. um, the World Cup. Uh, started Did playing a lot of soccer who, then.
0: Who, who made you
1: watch? I think it was like a family thing, but then uh-huh. also like everyone who was Korean around me was also doing it. So it's like, if you didn't watch it, then like mm-hmm. you're kind of mm-hmm. left out. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so got really into it cause of that. Um, were- and I think a lot of my friends got into it at the same time. So uh-huh. that probably. Me to
0: sports uh-huh. Were you, were you good at soccer? Like in like naturally? No, not at all. Oh, uh, really? I played before in third grade uh-huh. and I wish I stuck
1: to it because I think if I kept playing, I probably would have been a little bit better, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, I'm not the best hand-eye coordination, foot-eye coordination. Uh-huh. I'm not the fastest guy. Um, so it didn't come naturally to me. But I mean, I got to a point where, like, I can play, right? Uh-huh. Um, and I enjoyed that. What, what took you into basketball? Um, so my friend uh, in 10th grade or 9th grade, his name was Sam. Uh, he actually got me into basketball because uh, he had like a hoop in his backyard and we always like used to go over and he'd be, he got really into basketball and he made all of us just play with him outside. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, like he was like, dude, I'm the only one, but I want other people to play with. So mm-hmm. we just like played. Um, me being the tallest guy out of my friends, I just got stuck in the post and I never learned how to dribble the ball. Which, <laughs> I But yeah, like I probably picked it up like, Sometime between ninth
0: and 10th grade. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm testing out uh, as part of this, um, <clears throat> just some like kind of general interview questions. Uh, sure. So one that I, one that I really like uh, that I found, or I thought of, I don't remember, but is, um, so everybody has like that what if moment of like, what if I had done this differently? Like, you know, like there's that one thing you always go back to, right? In your life. So what is your, what if I did this differently moment?
1: Well, Jason, um, you are, uh, I mean, I could talk about one, but I don't know if this is going to be public. Maybe I don't want to talk about this. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with the other one. (laughs) The other one involves dating, but I don't, I don't want to go there. Okay. Um, but I think one, what if moment I always think about is like when I was deciding colleges, Hmm. um, I decided to go to UC Irvine. Um, I was deciding between UC Irvine, UC San Diego and Boston College. Um, but I think I always think about like, what if I had gone to Boston, because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think I've been in SoCal all my life, uh, or not all my life, I was born in Korea, but like a majority of my life, right? Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I always think about like, how would my life have been different if I had gone East Coast and mm-hmm. what got a college education there? would it have changed like how I recruited um my career ambitions would it have changed like my mannerisms because I think when I see my friends who've you know uh went away for college Mm -hmm. it was yeah like I think it had a transformative effect on them um and it kind of changed how they uh how they uh dealt with things or like what's the word um yeah, I, I think they like it, it changed them in different ways. Um, whether they're like more career driven, whether it's more like um, they're I, you, there's like mm-hmm. a certain stereotype with SoCal guys, right? Uh-huh. But I
0: think a lot of that changed too. Like, um, like what is what is that stereotype?
1: I think like kind of chill, laid back, mm-hmm. uh, go with the flow, right? And I think um, the East Coast people are perceived as like more ambitious, more. Um, on top of things like very, yeah, like kind of like cutthroat maybe is a, mm-hmm. is, is the word mm-hmm. I'm looking for. Um, like in a bad way, I guess like people would say they're uptight. Right. Um, but yeah, like I think I've seen those kind of effects depending on like where people went. And so mm-hmm. I always wonder, like if I had gone to Boston college, would I have been more professional earlier in my career? Mm-hmm. Um, would I have had. An easier time recruiting
0: straight out of college, right. uh, things like that. So then at UC Irvine, was there ever was there ever a moment where you were like, "I I belong here," like I'm glad I made this choice.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I think you know, you know that like I really want to go to UC. I mean USC, and I went to UC Irvine thinking I'm going to transfer as soon as I can, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a pretty decent GPA. Um, and I thought I had a pretty good chance to transfer if I wanted to, but, um, I decided I didn't want to, uh, while I was at Irvine cause I met some really good friends, uh, mm-hmm. while I was there. Um, I think especially first year was kind of tough because like I had friends, but I never felt like, Oh, these are like my, like, this is my group. Or mm-hmm. like, I didn't really feel like super close to them. Um, but second year, I met, like, as you know, my friend Andrew Wang, um, who I'm still close to today. Uh, and I ended up living with him for, like, two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, him and I just kind of clicked. And I felt like, oh, here's someone who I feel like would push me a lot in my faith and help me grow together in this time. Uh, and I felt, yeah, like I had found somebody that I wanted to really get close to. And uh, it just felt like I belonged while I was UCI. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was like a huge factor for me, mm-hmm. but yeah, looking back, I can't, yeah. Like it's weird because like I had, I got such a great friend out of that. Right. And a great relationship, but I also kind of regret that. Like, I mean, I, this might sound bad, but I can, uh, like in terms of faith, maybe I already had a community at church. Mm-hmm. So like, did I really need that at school? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, Yeah, a lot of it comes back to, I think when I think about like regrets or what could have gone different, like more career driven things. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if I had not stuck to that, could I? would I have been a little bit more ambitious earlier on in my college career Mm -hmm. um, in terms of like looking for a job and things like
0: that? Yeah, well, I know uh, right now uh, that Phil, you're kind of in flux career wise, right? Trying to figure out what that next step is. Um, But looking back on like that time of graduation, of graduating, especially like thinking about the what could have been's. Mm-hmm. Um what do you feel like are things that making that choice, right, going to UCI gave you um that you really appreciate? That I appreciate. Are you talking uh specifically
1: for career or just my life as I a think person? life in general, yeah. Life in general, for sure. I think it's like the relationships that i built. I've met some good people. Um, I, some of my closest friends right now are from UCI and I still keep in touch with them and meet up with them regularly. Um, and so I would definitely say I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, because I was at UCI, I ha- I was able to come to, uh, come back home every weekend as well. Um, and I think I've really grew an appreciation and, you know, my, in, uh, my community at church at ANC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that too, I think I was challenged in a lot of different ways in terms of like being faithful to a church. Um, there what, were more enough-
0: of those challenges though.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, just, uh, here and there, uh, church <laughs> issues that happen. Uh, uh-huh. and just, yeah, like I think there was a vision that I had of church, mm-hmm. uh, being in college. And from like a college ministry, Mm. but then realizing like, Hey, like KCM is like, it's four years and it's not real in the sense that like that's unsustainable, Right. Uh, like being in that for four years and then coming back to church was a kind of rude awakening. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, we also had a lot of different leadership changes throughout the time as well. Um, A lot of changes happening at church back Mm. and forth for like a couple years and it was like really frustrating cuz it felt like we weren't going somewhere and then we were just stuck mm.
0: um how did so you think, how did you kind of wrestle through that time
1: yeah um i mean i think you helped me out a, lot, a lot uh we talked about it mm. and you know i would share with you a lot of my concerns i would share with some of my friends from college that i met i would share with like my high school friends as well um things that i was struggling with and yeah i mean i think at the end of the day it came down to like okay, these are things that I'm not okay with, or these are things that I'm struggling with, but like how much of it is like, um, things that I can learn from. It's like, is it God placing me in this situation for a reason? What is there? If there is anything, what is something I can learn from the situation and Mm -hmm. trying to have a different perspective on things while I was going through it Mm -hmm. and, you know, like focusing less on myself, but really taking it from the aspect of like, okay, like what's God's plan in all this and trying to look at it from that lens.
0: Right. Um, and I would say, like, you know, from my vantage point during that time, like someone like you being at church is very important um, because, you know, I think, well, tell me if I'm right. Right. If it's pretty fair that people see you as very extroverted, very outgoing. Um, yes. Yes. I, I'll i agree to that. Uh-huh. Where. A. Right. Where do you feel like that comes from? Like, is that something that you just has have always been, right? Like from day one. Um And then B, like in, especially in that time when there was so like, cause it wasn't just leadership changing. I mean, there was people leaving, people coming, right? What ways has that been difficult for you, right? To use either in the context of church or career or, any, or anything else? So like my extrovertedness and how that came to a factor. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um... I mean, yeah, I think like during that time, like, because I like, yeah, like I've always been kind of like who I am. Um, I like meeting people. I like to get to know people, build relationships and, you know, talk to different kinds of people, put myself kind of out there. Um, and so I think the hardest part during that time with my personality was simply the fact that a lot of people that I thought I had gotten close to, um, or, you know, I had a good relationship with left the church or like left, our church and was checking out other churches um, and I felt not betrayed. Like I understand where they were coming from. Right. It's like, like how come you can't just stick it out with me. Right. right. Um, like I think that kind of hurt or it was kind of difficult at that time. Um, and yeah, but then also at the same time, like because of the relationships that I had with some of the guys um, that I knew, like, especially the younger guys, like I felt like if I left, it would have been the same thing that I kind of experienced when like, you know, like your group of friends at that age group, I think like we, a lot of people that I used to look up to, uh, left a little bit around, I guess like around my freshman year, a little bit earlier than freshman year. Mm -hmm. Um, and there was like a gap, I think. And I didn't want that necessarily for the age group below me. Mm -hmm. And they're not like even that much younger than me in the real world context. I think when you think about it, they're like maybe four or five years younger than me. right? But I wanted to be there for them at least and like mm-hmm. talk through like, hey, like what, how does college look like for Christian life? Um, what is KCM? Like how do you adjust to life after KCM? Uh-huh. Um, how do you go through college? Like, I felt like that's something that I had wished that I had more of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to at least provide that for the next group, uh-huh. if that makes sense.
0: Do you feel like then the things that you were missing and that you were struggling with are those things that have changed, um, in your life and like, how so? Like, do I have somebody that is in that age
1: group or something yeah. that like I could look up to and talk to? Um, yes and no. I don't think it's like, I think it's still a little bit of a gap. Mm-hmm. Cause I think the people that I do talk to are people with family mm-hmm. um, and they're married and have children. Um, but they're maybe not four or five years older than me, but like five to 10. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hey, I think age matters less and less as we grow up uh, or get older. I guess I'm grown up already, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. As we get older, I think like that matters less and less. And I think in some sense, yeah, like I definitely have that in my life where I can ask them about like the next stage of life. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if I ever get married and I have children, I know like I can talk to certain people within my life about those kind of things. And, um, yeah. But I mean, I think it is still a bit of a struggle going through like where I am in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't necessarily feel like some of the people who are married and have children went through what I'm going through today, right. my stage of my life. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I guess like, there's a part of me that still wishes there are people that I could talk to mm-hmm. who started like new uh, at 30. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I think
0: it is strange. Uh, like I feel like that doesn't happen as frequently as I would imagine, right? When right. I, like, the, oh, the at 30? yeah, yeah. Like I feel like that's that's something that I had thought was common and maybe was common for the generation above us, yeah. but looking, yeah, I agree. Looking around at like our peers, that doesn't yeah. happen as frequently as I thought.
1: Yeah, uh, I think I also. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I'm a, I'm a trailblazer in uh, <laughs> pain so uh-huh. I mean, there's that I guess yeah.
0: um, so speaking of I, boy, so one of my other questions is right what are what are struggles that you think you've gone through that are unique to you like not yeah. like common struggles like yeah what are yeah. struggles that like are unique to you
1: I mean, I think 2020's just been a struggle. for. Let's
0: go back. Yeah, no, I think...
1: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure 2020 has been a struggle for everyone with quarantine and everything that's happening. Um, but like, eh, something unique to me. I mean, I think like growing up, I've mentioned this multiple times with you. I think growing up as someone who's going, uh, who's getting DACA mm-hmm. um, being a, quote unquote dreamer um has you know i think it shaped a lot of who i am Mm -hmm. uh in terms of having to persevere and not knowing what tomorrow might look like Mm -hmm. um i think was a huge stress for me Mm -hmm. growing up like because i didn't even know that honestly until i got into college um well Well, yeah how did you uh, find out So what happened was I thought like legally everything was fine. It's just like we couldn't leave the country because we were waiting for our green card. Mm -hmm. But I think I found out basically I am basically considered illegal Mm -hmm. because of like circumstances that we went through. Um, While I was applying to colleges, um, I got accepted to Boston College. Mm -hmm. Um, They gave me half ride, but then they asked me to send my green card, a copy of my green card. And I sent them like the form that basically said like, um, for repealing the process mm-hmm. because our green card had been rejected. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like tied up in Supreme court. Like we, I, you know, copied all the documentations that I had from my lawyer and sent it over. And they said like, look, we're sorry, but like, you can still come, but you just have to pay full, uh, full tuition. We can't give you the money because like this grant or whatever was like, you right. know, you can't get at the time you couldn't get grants as DACA. Right. Uh, and, that was like, man, like this sucks. Like I really had thought that I was going to go to Boston mm-hmm. at the time, mm-hmm. um, and wanted to do it, but it just didn't work out. Um, and even like during college, like recruiting, um, until DACA passed, I didn't have a, so I had a, it's strange. I had a work permit from freshman to sophomore year, but I didn't have it junior year, which is like the year that you're supposed to like recruit. hmm um, so I didn't have it for one year and then DACA got approved when I graduate. So junior, senior year, I didn't have my work permit. Mm. Uh, and like that too, it just felt very like annoying cause I wanted to recruit for things, but I couldn't, mm. um, it was an unpaid internship and I was getting school credit, but like, you know, all the big firms, like they don't do that. Right. Mm. Yeah. And so it was like a struggle for me because like, hey, this is why I came to college. Like, what's the point? Like, why did I study? Why did I do any of this? Um, And it it felt almost directionless. And I think that stress in my life has been something that I have always had to deal with Mm. uh, in like my, I mean, I guess like young adolescence. I don't know.
0: Um, Because I think for me, like one of the questions maybe, you know, from from your perspective is like for people that are going through DACA, I always... I always feel like I would be so much more angry. <laughs> like, right? I'm like, dude, I, I'm angry on behalf, right. Of, of you. Like, sure. and yet I do think that a lot of the people I know who have struggled with DACA and maybe it's because, you know, you've lived your whole life, have that different perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely upsetting. Um, it's like, I've talked about it with some of my friends who are in the same situations. Like, it's so unfair, you know, um, like, why do we have to go through it? That the things that we're going through, but then also like not to toot my own horn. I mean, I think people who are older than me definitely had it worse, but like, I think people now at least wouldn't be in the same situations as me because DACA had passed. Right. Right. Um, it was like a really weird situation that I was in limbo for, for two years. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, that had built a lot of, I guess, perseverance in my life, like where I, I, I felt like I didn't really have a choice, but right. to persevere. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so I think that like helped me formed a lot of who I am today. Um, I think I'm pretty resilient when it comes to hardships being thrown in my life. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like I wasn't angry before, like there's nights where I just like just wonder why, why is it that I'm in this situation? Right. And like, I think especially earlier on, like it pissed me off because I felt like that trajectory between my junior year, like set my trajectory for my career. Hmm. Uh, because hmm. I feel like every time I recruit for a job or like applying for stuff, even today, it's like, like, Hey, like, we're actually really looking for people with experiences A, B, and C in the past. And it's hmm. like, dude, like I couldn't get it because college. Of so. Yeah, in college, so because of DACA, so what am I like, just screwed now? Like, Mm -hmm. and then I came to my MBA program. I thought like, you know, I could reset here, but kind of similar struggles that I had. Um, Yeah, it's it's tougher than I had imagined to like make that shift into something else that I wanted to try. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think every time I go back to that time when I couldn't work in junior and senior year in college, um, and then yeah, it's a little bit upsetting to me. um and i I think I still am pretty bitter about
0: that mm. looking back. Mm. Do you feel like that affected well, I'm sure it has, but in what ways like does that also affect like other areas of your life?
1: Other areas of my life? I mean, I think in general, like I mentioned, I think whatever happens, like i I just not pessimistic, but it's like, oh, like, well, here's another hardship in my life. Mm-hmm. Like it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll deal with it and I'll move forward. Uh, in some ways you look at it, that's like very negative way of perceiving it, mm-hmm. but then also nothing I think quite phases me anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like when something bad happens, I feel like ah, there's another thing, but you know, uh, life goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like my attitude of receiving it. Um, And also another aspect, how it affects me every day. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think there's moments, sometimes I feel sorry for myself um, and I think I, yeah, like it's like, Hey Phil, like it does really suck that you have to go through this and this is your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I end up telling myself that a lot. Uh, and yeah i I think because of it though, I have a harder time some t- like especially as I'm getting older, sympathizing with other people when they tell me their struggles because mm. I think I'm like, yeah, like that's tough, but it's not that tough. Mm. yeah, I think I discount sometimes when people share share with me struggles that they have. Mm.
0: Well, uh, as kind of um, in that vein uh, of struggling with, you know, serving and helping people and talking with people, um, some most people at our church will know that you're a deacon <laughs> at our church. Um, and I actually, I don't, I don't know this. I don't know. How did that happen? <laughs> like, yeah, how did that happen? Like, what, what were you kind of going through at the time? And like, you know, how has that been for you?
1: Uh, I mean, how it happened? I think one day, I want to say Pastor Mike approached me Mm. and told me that I was nominated, or like they were thinking of like me as a potential deacon, and asked me what I thought. Um, at the time, I think I had just found out, or it maybe it was like a couple. uh like I the timeline is fuzzy, but it was like at a time where. Uh, it was still early on when I found out my dad had pancreatic cancer. Mm. Uh, And so, yeah, like it was kind of complicating. I think for me, um, I think I was struggling a little bit with my faith. Uh, not like that. I don't believe in God or like Christ, but it's just more like, God, like, why do you give me so much on my plate? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, yeah, like, I think I hesitated for a little bit, like, Hey, like, Hey Mike, I don't think I'm in like the best place. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think it's like still okay for me to be a deacon? And we talked about, I think, like what it meant to be a deacon and mm-hmm. some of the qualifications. And I think the thing that he really emphasized was caring for other people mm-hmm. uh, and being somebody, yeah, at the church who, you know, not only looks out for themselves but are looking out for other people, building relationships and uh, things like that. And when he like highlighted those aspects, I was like, yeah, I mean, like even as I'm struggling, like, you know, I always want to be there for people and I want to help people when I can. And as I mentioned, I I like to build relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I thought about like that, I was like, okay, I guess me struggling with like what I'm going through right now doesn't necessarily mean that I can do those things because those are things that I already do and I already enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was more okay with moving forward with it. And then you know, there were like classes that I had to take with P Mike and take a test and have <laughs> the church
0: approve of me. Um, hey, some, some people listening, they might they might be like, what? <laughs> you have to go through all that? Yeah, I, I think people knew. Um, I think mm-hmm. P
1: Mike made it clear during the process, but yeah. Like,
0: how, how do you think, how has that been for you? Cause it's been, what, has it been like a year and a half? No, dude, three, I think years? It's, three years two to three Dang. how has that three years been uh it's been
1: interesting i i tell this to like p mike all the time and dc to um our other pastor uh it's it's humbling because i think like i don't know there's aspects of it i don't like where you know people call me deacon phil um, to tease me, not necessarily as a sign of respect either. Um, and I, it's like some pressure that I have to be, like, I feel like I have to have my life put together mm-hmm. and like, uh, be like a really great Christian, but a lot of times I'm struggling um, with my faith and there's things in my life that I'm questioning God about, or I'm not really happy about, but I feel like I can't be at that stage. And it's like really important for me to tell myself, that's not what being a deacon's about. Uh, it's about like serving God's people and caring for them and, you know, being, yeah, like someone who's there for people at our church, not necessarily the one who has it all figured out Mm -hmm. and can guide and teach people. And yeah, I think some of that is like on the elder. Um, Some of it maybe is on the deacon, but like, uh, it doesn't mean that I have to be perfect. And Mm -hmm. I think that's just something that I always have to reinforce to myself and tell my remind myself because if not like yeah like eh, it's tough um yeah to be I guess put in like a spotlight where I feel like I'm not deserving and I shouldn't be there um so there's that aspect but the other aspect I think I do enjoy like that I get to you know um build relationships with people and ask them like hey like if there is anything that you want to talk about like I'm here um Mm -hmm. if there's anything that you want me to pray for I can't guarantee I'll pray for you all the time, but I will try and pray for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and being a deacon, you see as something that like allows that to happen more easily. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm. I think people are more open to reaching out. All right, well, I'm testing out, um, well, at least I had written down two wrap-up questions. Um, so I'm not sure which one will be the, maybe it will just be both. Uh, so the first question is, Definitely right now in this quarantine season, there's like a thousand issues every second, it seems. (laughs) Like, I look at like the news from three weeks ago and I'm like, what ancient history is this? Um, But what is something that you care about uh, that you hope would get more attention?
1: There's something I care about that I would hope would get more attention. I think it's hard for me to like, put this into words, Mm -hmm. but I'll try my best. Um, You know, I think black lives matter. Uh, I also think that doesn't mean that police, all police are complete D bags. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also think that doesn't mean that like, you know, police lives don't matter. And I think definitely there are good police out there and there's bad police out there. and you know i think i'm moderate when it comes to political views Mm. um i think in some areas i'm a little bit more conservative in other areas i can be liberal uh but having said that i think one thing that really discourages me today and i really have an issue with is how polarized everything is i think now i feel like you can't really make a comment without somebody judging what you have to say Mm. like you can't just say it as a point of discussion, it's gonna be a point of contention. Mm. Um, And I think, yeah, like it's really scary to think about that. And I don't know, um, I I understand why there is such a pull on each side and direction, but I also think like, hey, like if we're gonna be a country like in the United States, right? Like there has to be something that we come to the middle ground for like, we, we have to be willing to come meet each other. Mm -hmm. Right. But I feel like it's just getting pulled apart further and further. And I Mm -hmm. think that's something that really scares me and bothers me today. Um, Mm. again, I'm not saying like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying not to make like a political statement, like one's right, one's wrong. Right. It's just like, can we not just, yeah. Like
0: run, run to the extremes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, then the, the flip side of that, uh, my, other, my other potential question um, is in the midst of this quarantine, what is keeping you going? What is giving you, like, <laughs> what's keeping you going through this quarantine? <sighs> you know, I, I think this might be
1: a boring answer, to be honest, but, like, I think the only thing that keeps me going is like, when I think about it, like what other choice do I have? Hmm. Uh, Because yeah. Like, I mean, what's the alternative? Hmm. Uh, Is it to give up? Is it to end my life? Hmm. I think that's like an extreme, but like, yeah, like that just doesn't make sense to me. I think in life, there's always going to be hardships Hmm. and maybe that's because of the environment that I grew up in, Hmm. but You know, it's just a matter of when you get knocked down, like, how are you going to get back up? Mm. Right. Uh, And for me, I think, yeah, like, that's how I think about it. Like there is no alternative for me, but to keep going. Mm. Right. Um, And I think even in like the Christian sense, like if you believe in God, regardless of what bad things are happening in your life, that like, If you believe in God, your faith should be that even this could be used for good. Mm -hmm. Um, It might not be the good that we might envision. I tell people around me all the time, like, yeah, like things that God might consider good might not be what we might consider good. And so we don't know what's going to happen, but it's, you know, our duty to just keep going and persevere because yeah, like that's what we're called to do in my, in my mind. Um, and I feel like that's how I live my life all my life so far. And I don't really have an alternative.
0: Well, that's a great, that's a great place to end. Uh, and so thank you, Phil, for being my first, uh, interviewee on what I hope will be a show that is fun for me, at least right during the quarantine. Uh, and that for, yeah, any of you that are listening or maybe watching, I haven't debated I haven't thought whether I'm putting this on YouTube or not, but, uh, yeah, I hope that you will also be interested in the people in your lives. Peace. Thank you.